Alright, what's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Beyond the River podcast. Uh, I'm super excited for this week's episode. Um, I've been carrying around a, uh, my mom's camera actually, it's not mine, I stole it from my mom. Um, trying to take some nicer photos and stuff. Um, you know, kind of appreciate some of the, the beauty of the sport and the, the fish and whatnot that we catch. Um, so I got my buddy Jimmy Shirley on the line. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about what he does uh, in the outdoors and his photographs and whatnot and hopefully learn a Learn a, a thing or two from him. So you want to introduce yourself real quick, Jimmy, and give a little background kind of about yourself? Yeah, hey, everybody. It's, uh, my name is Jimmy Shirey, and uh, I'm a wildlife photographer. Uh, I also take pictures of everything else, but I also hunt. I fish. You know, I'm good friends with uh, Tyler and uh, Dan Collins as well. He's been on the podcast before, I believe, maybe a couple times. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I'm a really, really deep into wildlife photography. I live in a perfect area in Pennsylvania. So, I mean, I get a lot of opportunities for, like, you know, bear, elk, and whitetail. So, that's pretty much the, the summary, I guess, of myself. Yeah. So, you know, of course I know. Um, so, so, first, I know you've done a little bit with the YouTube thing with Dan, um, some shed hunting videos and stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, I know you're big time in hunting and fishing, but how did you kind of get more into, like, the, the photography side? Like, what kind of, you know, sparked the idea in your head for that? Well, I don't know. I mean, after I got, I met Dan and got into like, the videography side of like my hunts and my shed hunting and fishing and such. Uh, I, went, I was in, during during that time. I was actually in college as well, and a lot of my classmates were starting into photography. You know, since I, I I majored in wildlife technology at Penn State mm-hmm. and graduated there with an associate's degree, and they were, they were getting into it, and I always thought it was really cool. So I was like, you know, that's that's why not let's go find a can you know an entry level camera mm-hmm. not super expensive and get into this and see what i could do so that's what i did and you know i just kind of really fell in love with it from there you know just loved carrying it around taking pictures and trying to capture moments you know i mean in the wild yeah it's integrated into my lifestyle i guess yeah so did you ever actually take a class because i know like at mansfield everyone would always have like the school issued camera um because it was like a gen ed art requirement and a lot of people took photography for that did you ever take a class or just kind of pick it up on your own? No, actually, I've never taken a class, official class. Uh, I've more or less picked up, to begin with, I've picked up everything myself and just watched YouTube videos that helped me a ton. Mm-hmm. And just read a couple little books and, you know, and just kind of did research on my own. And, like, you know, I'd set, so I'd set a goal, like, I want to take pictures of the night sky. And I just Google, you know, how, you know, what are the beginning settings of this? And I just play with it until, you know, the picture turned out the way I wished. And then, you know, later on after, you know, in the, re- the recent times, the last year or so, I've, uh, you know, I've got a couple of new friends that, you know, are really deep into photography, have been doing it for years, and they've been giving me tips as well. I mean, it's what, that's what I love about photography is that you're constantly learning every day you do it. Mm-hmm. There's always improvements, and you see it. You can actually see improvement from time to time, you know. My pictures from a year ago are nowhere near as good as my pictures from today. I'm assuming, you know, a year from now, I'll be like, wow, those pictures I took back then kind of suck. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, in a sense, it's like hunting and fishing, you know, you're always learning, you know, constantly adapting. I'm sure new newer high-tecker cameras are going to come out, just like newer and high-tecker rods come out and stuff like that. Um, what what kind of, what was your early setup like, your early camera setup like, and um, what's it kind of like my, now? My early setup, my first setup I had, I started out with a Nikon D3300, which is an entry level. It's a, a rather cheap combo. You can buy at Walmart or Target or Best Buy or wherever, and it's 
only about 400 bucks. It was only about 400 bucks for that. It's a small, I think it was an 18 to 55 millimeter lens, mm-hmm. which isn't good for a lot of wildlife, but it's really good for landscape and stuff like that. And uh, I actually bought a, I think it's a 70 to 300 millimeter lens, which is okay for wildlife. And I don't know, I'm not going to get real deep into it, but the D3300 is a uh, crop sensor camera. So you get a 1.5 magnification to your lenses. So that boosts your lenses, you know, my 300 end up being, I think it's, I don't know, I'm not really good at math, but I think it was like 450 millimeter at the end mm-hmm. after the crop sensor. Mm-hmm. Which isn't real bad for wildlife, and I took a lot of great pictures with it. And then my setup now, I just upgraded this year. I picked up macro lenses, and then I picked up a 5.6 aperture, 200 to 500 millimeter Nikon lens, which is a super telephoto, which is really what you need for wildlife to take really good wildlife pictures, especially if you're birding. Mm-hmm. And I also upgraded my camera to the D7500, which I think they're releasing the newest model of that this year at some point too. But it's a great crop photo, crop sensor photo camera. It's, it's a great camera. I love them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take great photos even with entry-level cameras. So don't, you know, if that's what you can afford, that's definitely what I'd go with, you know, because you can take amazing photos with those. Yeah. So, so you mentioned a lot in there, a lot of what kind of sound like Chinese to me. But <laughs> I kind of to get too far into it. But. Yeah, we'll 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 break it down. Hopefully, some of it. So the first thing you mentioned was the millimeter on your lens. Yes. So basically, what I stole from my mom um, is a Canon uh, EOS Rebel T2i. Okay. That she got like way back in. So I have two different lenses for it. Um, one of them is a, it's 18 to 55 millimeter. The other one's 75 to 300 millimeter. Okay. Yeah. So, so what, what's actually the difference? Like what does that, the millimeter stuff mean? And like, what's the difference between all that stuff? Well, the millimeters, you know, the lower the millimeters, the wider the angle of the photo you're taking. So the 300 millimeter, you're zoomed for, way further in than what your other, your 55 millimeter could. Mm-hmm. So if you know you're shooting a deer, you know to take a picture of a deer. When I say shooting, I don't mean physically shooting. I guess because people yeah. get confused with that. But you're <laughs> shooting a picture of a deer at 30 yards. You're going to have the capability of zooming way more, like way further in. Okay. With that 300 millimeter. But I mean, there's a there's a lot of I mean, I, I could go on for days about stuff <laughs> like like you know because that can affect pictures and the way you take them. Yeah. I mean, each each lens has a different what's called an aperture. Yeah, which so what's, what, well. what's that? Aperture. I mean, I don't know all the scientific like yeah tech here because I'm not real big into it either. But like the light, it's a lighting, I guess. It's the way the lighting comes in, and you kind of have three different aspects to, to taking a good picture and having a picture turn out the way you want it. You have the shutter speed, mm-hmm. and you have the aperture, and then you uh, what is the other one? Um. I can't. There's, I can't remember, I'm hand in hand, I'm having a brain fart here, but uh, anyway. So I adjust the ISO, which is... The what? ISO, yes, duh, that's, that's beginner, but anyway, the ISO adjusts, the ISO, the higher you go, the greenier the picture will actually be. Okay. So you want to try to keep the ISO as low as possible, mm-hmm. and it depends what you're taking pictures of, depending if it's an animal, landscape, waterfall, sunset, vehicle, whatever, you know, whatever you're into. Mm-hmm. I mean, in our case, you know, wildlife. So you want the lowest aperture possible, and you want the lowest ISO possible. 
because the aperture is low, it'll be a sharper image. You're going to take a really sharp image. You won't get that detail of the feathers or the fur or, you know, the elf's breath when it's bugling or so on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the shutter speed also changes that. So when you're shooting a manual, you got to kind of adjust the speed to where you need to be. And it's kind of true. I mean, when you shoot with DSLR cameras, like the one you have and the one I have, Mm-hmm. There's different presets you can shoot, you know, or, you know, there's like, I don't know, Canon might have a couple of different ones, I don't know what Nikon does, but like, you know, we have portrait mode, mm-hmm. and we have aperture mode, and we have a couple different modes for that, you know, preset, you know, just push it to that knob, and it'll do that, you know, it'll adjust those settings accordingly itself. Now, so you don't have to worry about it. So a, a preset, is that something that is just standard for the camera, or can you adjust the preset to, like, how you want it? Um, like a how- preset, it's, like, the aperture priority mode. Like, it'll adjust the aperture. Mm-hmm. And then it'll keep the shutter speed and the ISO to where you already had it set yourself. Okay, so where I had it set in manual mode. Yeah, or you can also do a pre-pro. Mine has a pre-programmed mode where you can adjust all three, mm-hmm. and have that as a pre-programmed setting. So when you just switch to that. That's what's going to be, and you know you're already where you where you intend to be, and you can adjust accordingly from there. Mm-hmm. Personally, I shoot a manual myself now. Yeah, and you know I adjust, which it's probably cost me a couple shots, you know, because sometimes you know I can't be quick enough to adjust all three of those. Yeah. To get the you know, get the lighting, get the shot that I wish, but you know, but when I do get a good shot, it normally turn out real well. Yeah. So I'm just trying. I kind of sacrifice quantity for quality, I guess. Yeah, I I completely understand. So, so I I took my camera out this past Sunday. I did a little fishing with a buddy. Um, I watched a quick little YouTube video um, to adjust the settings. I I don't know if, if you've seen it, but I love like the dark fish photos, especially with brown trout. Yes. Um, yeah. And I, I, I really want to get one of those nice photos um, that you see where, like, the water's just dripping right off the fish. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the settings, and I, I saw this from, uh, I think it's CJ Lord. Um, he's the guy on Instagram or whatever, and had him, he asked some questions. And someone asked, you know, how do you get those, uh, those drips in the photos? And he said you need to increase your shutter speed. Um, and he recommended like a, like a 200. Um, but like how exactly does shutter speed work? And you know, how do I, how do I play with that in my manual setting to kind of achieve that photo? Well, with that photo, it also is going to depend on the lighting is going to be what is your huge dependent, whether it's a bright day or a gloomy day or mm-hmm. whatnot. But I mean, like, you see, like I'm assuming you meant when you said 200, I'm assuming that's what he said was the ISO set at 200. Um, I'm assuming it's what he meant by that. Okay, maybe. But, uh, yeah. you set your ISO, and then you shut your, you turn your shutter speed to whatever, you know, whether it's one-fourth of a second, or one-six-hundredth of a second, or six-forty six of a second, mm-hmm. or so on, or even to a hundred, you know, one of one-tenth or ten-thousandth of a second, depending on what model of camera you have, what capabilities the camera has. Yeah, okay, so I get what you're saying now. So I had it set to one over two hundred. Okay, okay. That makes sense, and that's that's how long it takes for that shutter. That's how long it's opening and closing. Mm-hmm. So it's how long it's allowing light to come in. Okay. So, so depending on your aperture and your ISO, and that shutter speed, your image could be dark, could be un, you know, could be really dark, could be really blown out bright. Mm-hmm. So you know, underexposed or over, I guess you want to call it. So basic. So so why does I need? Why do I need to have the uh, the shutter speed? 
higher oh so i need a higher shutter speed to get the drip or a lower shutter speed yeah you need that you need a higher because if you have a higher say you have a one to one thousand second shutter speed mm -hmm. you're getting that drip isn't going to move a whole lot in that one one thousand to a second yeah whereas if you had it at one one twenty fifth or one and one twenty fifth of a second you know that drip's going to move a lot and it'll show it'll be more blurry you know what i'm saying because the drip's moving as that shutter's taking that shot mm -hmm. compared to one of one thousands and your shutter is already opened, closed and the drips never moved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I get what you're saying. So you, you could capture it in midair. You could capture it coming off the lip, the, you know, the jaw of the fish or yeah. your hand or whatever your, your target is, I guess. Okay. So in terms of, see, I'm trying to look through this camera right now. And, uh, so one to 200 is actually less when I say one to 200, I mean one over 200 is yep. actually less than one over a hundred. Yeah. Cause of the fraction. Okay. So I, I read yeah. that completely backwards. I was just looking at the 200 and I was like, that's a higher number than 100. So that's obviously a higher shutter speed. Yep. So I mean, it's, that's, it's, it's kind of really tricky. It's really, it's really hard to like, what I've noticed is like when I, when I started learning more into photography, and I mean, I'm not, I'm never going to like say that I'm professional. I mean, I, I, I hope that I take good pictures and I like, I, a lot of people enjoy my shots. Yeah. But like, I would never classify, classify myself as the best or professional at all. Like I'm still learning and like, there's a lot of things. It's hard for me to like tell you, like to give you tips over a phone, but like what I find best is finding people that are willing to, which is kind of hard because in the photography, especially in the wildlife photography mm -hmm. world, a lot of people don't give their secrets. A lot of people don't give their tricks. Yeah. But you gotta, if you find a person that way, that's how you will, you'll see yourself improve so drastically if you go out with somebody and like they show you on their camera, hey, this is how I'm doing this. This is what I'm doing. You know, here's a deer down here. Watch how I can take this picture and it turn out this way. And underexpose or overexpose or get that lighting the way I wish. Bouncing mm -hmm. off the fur, whatnot. But yeah, I mean, that, it's, it's a really complicated process, I guess, photography can be. If you know, when you hit the DSLR world, it's not like the point and shoot style. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so when you walk up, so like say there's a deer or elk or something in the field, um, you know, what are kind of the, some of the first things that go through your mind? Like, what are you kind of looking for when you're, you know, kind of approaching a shot, I guess? I, I mean, the tip, the tip of the way I do it, I just, I work with what I get because especially working with wildlife and working out in nature, very rarely are you going to get the exact lighting that you wish mm -hmm. the way you want it. The, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't happen often when the animal, the lighting and nature all work, you know, and with you in the right spot, all work together in unison and give you that absolutely perfect shot. So you have to admire that when that happens. But typically if I walk up and there's a deer, if I was shooting one of these deers in front of me now, like I would just, go in the lighting's kind of gloomy here today and i would probably just try to get a close-up shot and get as much detail and try to pull the light brown of the deer from the dark you know the dark corn or the dark timber mm -hmm. and make that the deer pop in that image you know it, it make it the bright subject yeah. in the back which a lot of my images i don't really edit i touched them up on uh Lightroom, but I don't edit them. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's one way. I mean, that's one way to do it. You know, you also 
if you don't get the lighting you want, you can always adjust it a little bit on an editing software after you're done. Mm -hmm. So you, you depending on what style you're into. So you try to you try to focus a little bit more on the shot than actually you know kind of faking it almost. I mean, like yeah, I, I try to keep my images as natural as possible. That's that's my goal whenever I shoot. I, I I would prefer to never have to touch them. And I touch them a little bit just because I shoot in raw files. I don't save my files as a JPEG. Mm -hmm. So they're actually rather bland. The JPEG automatically kind of touches up a little bit. Okay. Just pre-programmed, it kind of touches your image up a little bit. Mm -hmm. When you shoot raw, like you're getting an absolutely, what I would call a naked picture. You know, and there's, it's just bland. It's plain. It's plain as it comes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. So I'm pretty sure there's a setting on the camera that I use where I get a raw image and I get the JPEG. Yes, yep, you have it where it saves both to your, your camera. Mm -hmm. Makes duplicates, yep. Okay, yeah, I think that's what I have it. I'm not sure because I don't exactly always know what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure that's what I have right now. Yeah, I mean, and that's what, whenever I started shooting raw, I actually did it in both because I didn't want to, like, lose a shot that I took. Mm-hmm and didn't want to mess it up with the raw so I took I was taking both JPEG and raw images at the same time mm -hmm. and then once I got comfortable shooting in raw I just switched it over to raw because they're larger files and they're sharper files so you're taking up a lot more space in your SD card and your computer and you know but and you, I, I mean I would recommend if you're shooting raw at least downloading Lightroom I think it's like through Adobe Lightroom is $10 a month I think or something mm -hmm. for the program and it's cool just to tinker with, you know I mean? You get on there and if you're really into editing, you can make pictures look crazy. And you know, they're still cool, but they're crazy. Mm -hmm. Or if you're like me and you like your pictures natural, you keep it natural, but you know, it, and if it didn't get that, you know, that shimmer off the deer's fur that you really wanted, you play with the you know, exposure or whatnot, or the texture, the, you know, mm -hmm. to get it really popping. To grab the viewer's attention, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of cool. It, it... It sounds like it leaves a lot open for like personalization. Yes. And so like like yourself who likes a little bit more of a raw image, kind of capturing it, you know, the one shot, you know, and then and then a slight touch up maybe, or if people want to do some wacky things because that's what they like. It's, it's really kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's all it's all the personal personal preference, man. I mean, I I, I enjoy photography whether it's you take a picture or something and you make it want to make it look crazy, you know, like it's out of this world work you know you want to keep things as plain jane as possible i mean I'm not, uh, that's that's everybody's personal preference and then that's how you I mean you sell your images or sell yourself or your 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 profile i should say mm -hmm. i mean personally myself one of the big role models i would say one of the people that i look up to and try to recreate their images not like exactly but like i like their style is uh thomas mangelson mm -hmm. i don't know if you know who that is i don't but know he's, He's actually been taking wildlife photography for, I don't even know, honestly, since the 70s probably. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing somewhere in there. I mean, don't quote me on that. But, but the guy has been taking, like, grade A quality images from even from the 80s and the 70s with old school cameras that mirror today's cameras. And it's just mind-boggling, you know, the, the talent that he has. I mean, they're all raw. He doesn't edit his pictures, and they're all just natural lighting, natural light world, and it's just amazing breathtaking mm -hmm. so i mean that's that's my goal that's what i i strive to do you know keep my images as you know sharp and as natural as possible if i could, can get the light where i want it 
that's the way I try to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, I, I've personally seen some of your images. I, I enjoy them. I'm definitely a fan. Um, I know Dan took me over and we looked at the elk the one night. Um, and of, of course it was, you know, it was a little too dark to take pictures of my phone and whatnot. And I wanted to show my grandfather, uh, who I actually just got off the phone with, but I wanted to show him cause you know, he's big in the outdoors. He's kind of, you know, kind of how I got into hunting and fishing. And so I wanted to show him the elk that I saw. So I, you know, I pulled up your Instagram, your Facebook, I, sh I showed him some of your nice photos that you had. Um, they were really good because you really capture the detail. Um, quite well, in my opinion, you know, I, I'm no expert, but I personally enjoy them. I'll give you that. Thanks, man. I mean, I appreciate it. I mean, I, I put a lot of time into photography, but I mean, like I said, I just do it just because I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoy taking pictures. I have fun taking pictures and I really enjoy the outdoors. So, I mean, it just kind of, they go hand in hand, I guess, in my life. You know, I don't know. I really enjoy just being out there. So it just works out and I try to. I try to capture moments that, you know, a lot of people don't have the opportunity of seeing, you know, a lot of people don't live in the elk, the elk woods, PA, or mm -hmm. they don't have elk anywhere close to them. So, I mean, I try to capture those moments and try to bring them to life to other people, I guess. Yeah. And I, I, I completely understand. You know, I, I think one of the things I love about Dan's videos and, you know, something I love about your photos is you don't get to experience some of the amazing stuff that happens in this world. Um, you know, I feel like, outdoorsmen this might come out wrong but i feel like outdoorsmen get to experience a lot of things that other people don't yeah i totally agree 100 percent. like a, a, there's a lot of natural like everyone's always talking about going overseas like visiting this country this country this country blah 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 the united states and even pennsylvania new york the east coast and just this region you know has so much just natural beauty like the elk like the deer like the turkeys the fish the the rattles the rattlesnakes i love your rattlesnake photos and uh you know what i mean i mean it's it, there, dude, there's so much opportunity right outside your doorstep to be honest especially you live out you know in rural areas like you and i like you know you get out here and there's deer and there's fish you know you want wild trout to chase and you got deer and turkeys and bears and elk and you got so many species of bird and reptiles i mean i mean you get into birding and bird photography I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know the exact number from PA. I can't remember it from college, but you know, you're talking over hundred, almost probably over 200 species of bird. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, you got so much to take pictures of, and then with photography, you can get into macro photography, which is of bugs and such. Mm -hmm. And then it just opens another window. I mean, you, you're literally surrounded by like perfect photographs and opportunities. I mean, you don't have to go for a three-hour drive to find something awesome to shoot. I mean, you, you can walk out in your backyard and find a cool-looking spider and take a picture of a spider and make it amazing. Yeah, except I hate spiders, so I will never take a photo <laughs> of a spider. Here, like, I, I enjoy <laughs> taking pictures of them. They're, they're so cool to take pictures of, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, as long as they're, not, they're not on me. As long as, I, as long as they're not touching me, I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah. So, same with snakes. You know, snake photos are cool, but... I'm gonna keep my distance. I might zoom in, <laughs> zoom in a little on that guy. Yeah, I don't mind snakes. I mean, I don't mind them at all. And I mean, I've been blessed this year. Actually, I met a fella doesn't live too far from me, and he's really into rattlesnakes. I mean, I've always been around rattlesnakes and enjoyed them. And mm -hmm. I've I personally like snakes myself and had pet snakes. Mm -hmm. But you know, I've never actually gone out until this year and visited a rattlesnake den. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of guys that truly love snakes won't tell people about rattlesnake dens because a lot of people would just kill them. Yeah. 
for sure. So they're a really guarded secret. You know, when somebody finds one, they really view that as you know a very sacred area. And I talked to a guy, and you know, after we just discussed about shed hunting, which we had in common, you know, elk sheds and stuff, because that's also a big, you know, kind of a cult, I guess. Yep. But, but uh. Mm-hmm. He offered to take me to a rattlesnake den for photography. He's like, dude, I love your pictures, you know, and I think, you know, if, you, if I take you to this den, you could really have an opportunity to take some really breathtaking pictures. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if you're, you're cool, I mean, you tag along with me and I'd take it. I'm like, yeah. So we met up and, you know, he took me out and he showed me some snakes. It was a pretty poor day weather-wise, which really limited the amount of snakes that we saw, but the ones we saw posed perfectly and we saw a bunch of beautiful yellow-faced rattlesnakes, timber rattlesnakes. And it all worked out perfect. I mean, it was just something so cool, you know, to be around. And it's just something that, you know, it's right outside your doorstep. And a lot of people don't realize it's natural stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe just sit back and try to take it in. It's just amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, there's even, you know, there's even some people out there that, you know, unfortunately have some disabilities and, you know, can't even do that. And it's, you know, they can kind of look at your photos or other people's photos and, you know, take that in. Um, exactly. Oh, yeah. For themselves. But I, I specifically remember the rattlesnake photos, one, because they were great photos, two, because you kind of use the photos to get at something. You were talking about how people will just go out there and kill them. You know, they say, quote, unquote, the good, you know, the best kind of snake is a dead snake. Um, so how, how have you kind of, like, used your photos to kind of, you know, kind of help the conservation end of, you know, hunting and the outdoors? I try to, especially every now and then, throw in some facts or throw something, you know, at least I try to at least, like, tell what the species is or a little fact about them mm-hmm. or something random. I mean, sometimes I just throw in a quote or whatever, but there's something personal or however I'm feeling or whatever. But, like, a lot of times, especially the snake like you were mentioning, like, I gave a couple facts and, you know, my personal experiences, you know, I had a guy a couple years ago, I was on my way home from work and... I had a little black face rattlesnake crossing the road from me, so I pulled off the road, and I had a little snake hook, and I was like, well, I'll just bump them off the road, so nobody hits them. And I'm walking out into the road, hitting the yellow line in the middle of the road, and this guy in a pickup truck sees me in the middle of the road, sees the snake crossing, it's on the white line, the opposite side, and he just floors it, and, you know, he goes by me at 70 mile an hour, two feet away, and just to hit this rattlesnake, you know, he had no regard for, you know, my life, and obviously wanted to take the rattlesnake's life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just how crazy people can get over, you know, they're so scared of the snake and they don't understand it. Yeah. You know, I've, I've never had a rattlesnake, and I, I've never had any snake, honestly, get vicious with me, never. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to say none will ever do it to anybody, I'm sure if they're out there, not, you know, the opportunity for that to happen is real. Mm-hmm. Just like any other wild animal, they are wild animals and they, you know, they can hurt you. But I mean, if you respect it and you keep your distance or you do, you know, you know what you're doing, the odds of, you know, you being hurt or the snake being hurt or the animal being hurt in general, you know, go way down. Mm-hmm. So I just try to, you know, especially when it comes to snakes, I have a soft spot for reptiles and snakes. And like, you know, cause they're really, really misunderstood, I think, personally. I really don't think a lot of people look into them and learn about them and take the time to realize what how much they actually mean to nature and the, the environment. So they just, you know, they just assume, like you said, the only good snake is a dead snake. Let's kill it. Let's kill it. You know, I don't want it around. Kill it. Mm-hmm. And you know that it's just it's just a poor way to live life. You know, I think everybody should strive to learn. You know, learn as much as they can about you know every world they live in, and especially the animals they live around. Not yeah. just for you know the animals good, but for your own. 
Yeah, and, and you know, not, not just the animals that everyone loves. Um, I remember a quote, I did take an environmental ethics course in, in college. I remember a quote from the one philosopher, he said, I just assume kill a person than a rattlesnake because I see no shortage of people. And I feel like, you know, we, in this day and age, you know, we kind of taking for granted that, you know, we're, the, we're, we are the apex predator, that's for sure. But, you know, these other things are important to us. You know, there's, there's 8 billion of us, you know, around the world. And, you know, especially, you know, timber rail snakes here in the East and, you know, the Western Dimeback, you know, those are, those are limited resources and those are things that may not necessarily be around. You know, even, you know, in, you know, the next generation, you know, our children or, or their children, if, if we stay at the rate that we are. I mean, exactly. I mean, it's just, it, it's just a shame for somebody to kill one just because it's a snake. You know, they don't understand it. It doesn't mean them any harm. It's just trying to cross a road, you know, and it, it really doesn't take much to, I mean, if you know what you're doing and, you know, your experience with snakes, like I am, you know, to get out, you know, and to, you know, move it away from the road. And I'm not saying you should do that. I don't know what they're doing with rattlesnakes. Obviously, yeah. they're venomous. But, I mean, that or, you know, just give it a space and you don't have to hit it. You know, you would obviously slow a car and go around or you could, mm-hmm. you know, just let it do its thing and it'll work its way off the road. Yeah. You... Instead of, I mean, I've seen people deliberately, like I said, like a guy zing by me, deliberately try to kill it, you know. Yeah, you, you don't have to go out. You don't have to go out of your way to, you know, do harm to an animal that's really not doing any harm to you. I mean, are those snakes going to be hit in the road? I'm sure there are. I mean, just like, you know, deer, bear, and every other animal, you know, there's going to be auto collisions, you know, with that animal, and, you know, that animal's going to suffer. I mean, obviously, it's such a small animal like a snake. Yeah. It's not going to do anything to your vehicle, but, you know, it's going to happen. But, you know, just try to, like, get those numbers as low as possible. Yeah, I mean, just like a deer, you wouldn't wouldn't intentionally hit a deer if you had the opportunity to break and, you know, let it go by. Exactly. Regardless of the damage it's doing to your car, you still don't want to hit that animal. No, I mean, I don't have any intention, you know, on killing a deer, you know, just to let it lay next to the road and rot away and the buzzards eat it, you know. I, I don't want to see it, get, you know, die that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a terrible death for it, and it's just terrible morally for my, you know, in my own opinion. But Yeah. Yep, complete, I completely understand where you're coming from, and, and you know, I, I personally enjoy that you, you take your photos to the next level and you, and you do stuff with like that. Um, now, do you do you sell any photos at all? Well, I have. I actually, I mean, prints are available. I mean, I, I take prints. I haven't really pushed it a lot, mm-hmm. but I have had requests and I've had prints made for people. And you know, some people really do enjoy my images. So you know, I really appreciate those people. And you know, if they want an image, I mean, I jump on the opportunity and get you know, get them their shot and get them their. You know, I actually go through a professional printing service and get a really quality print made. Mm-hmm get it to them as early as I can and you know as reasonable price as possible and I don't I don't try to get rich off anything I, I really don't I just really really enjoy getting you know, sharing my images mm-hmm. yeah that's really um so basically do you do you frame it at all do you just print the image and... I normally just print the image I okay. normally just give them an image and you know they can get you know they can put it in a cheap cheap frame or and they can get a really expensive frame or mm-hmm. you know fit it to their you know their interior of their house and the design of their house the way they you know the way they like do you do, do you have like a, a website or anything for that? Just DM, just message. Yeah, just, just DM me on yeah. you know, whether your friends will be on Facebook or you can find me on Instagram. And I'm sure you can put my Instagram on this like, yeah, this podcast or video. Yep, I definitely will. And you want to yeah, sh- you want to shout it out right now too? Yeah, it's Jimmy underscore Shirey five. It's pretty simple. 
just DM me on there. You can find my images on there, and I po I try to post as much as possible. You know, probably once a day or once every other day or so. You know, new images, constantly taking pictures. So like, you know, if you see one you really like, just shoot me a DM and tell me a size, and we'll work it all out and get it to you. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, so just kind of you know wrapping up a little bit. You know, how has you know you mentioned it a little bit, but how has this photography and you know I know you're huge in the outdoors, hunting and fishing. We've been fishing together. Um, and I, I know you're pretty much in the woods when deer season comes around, especially archery. You and Dan are completely psychopaths when it comes to that. But, but um, you know, I'm, do you always take your camera with you hunting? Um, you know, how does that go hand in hand? Do you ever set up for shots? Um, are you ever just out there hunting with a camera or, what, or how's that go for you? Typically, it depends on what time of year it is. I mean, it depends where I'm hunting. Like if I'm hunting in huge mountains out in, you know, in Potter County, Tiger County, or even here in Cleveland County, you, know, you have a lot of weight in camera gear, so I kind of, I try to limit it. I will always take my camera with a small lens, you know, in case, you know, the good Lord blesses me and, you know, I kill, kill, kill a deer. Mm -hmm. That way I can capture and capture images accordingly. So, you know, most time if I'm hunting, I just take that and on my small 15 to 55 millimeter lens and just, you know, just snack crazy scenario that I would get lucky and be blessed with an animal. But normally, you know, if it's shed season or whatnot, I'll actually carry all my camera gear. Mm -hmm. And you know, after you carry 50 pounds on your back all shed season, you know, you get pretty in good shape hiking wise. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really bother you as much, but you know, you always see crazy things when you're shed hunting, especially in the springtime when all, you know, you know, fawns are coming around and you have all that crazy, you know, all the growth, new growth, you know, mm -hmm. Nature is all blooming out, flowers and trees are all you know, popping their leaves out, and just nature's you know full growth cycle. But normally, I just typically I'll hunt with a camera. If I'm not hunting with a gun or a bow, or I'm not fishing, I always just I'll have my camera gear ready, and I'll just straight out hunt with my camera. Mm -hmm. And I'll you know I'll have an image in my mind or have an animal in my mind, and I will go to where I believe that is, and I will hunt it just like I'm hunting it with a bow and instead i take a camera mm -hmm. that's that's typically my goal and you know i just try to when i'm hunting or fishing like, like i i really want to start taking more fishing pictures i i took a few for with dan collins mm -hmm. and i think it's absolutely amazing some of those pictures how they turn out with trout trout are beautiful fish yeah and even I mean, other fish any fish is beautiful but like you can get really really cool images you know with all the water and it's just really breathtaking it can be yeah. So I really want to get into more into fishing photography. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just try to capture the moments, man. Those, you know, those things are, you're going to look back at in years and say, you know, yeah, I remember that, you know, that 50-inch muskie I caught or that 10-point I shot or, you know. Mm -hmm. I remember that time I was out there and that owl landed in that tree next to me or, you know, and so on. Yeah. Just I, kind of capturing those, you know, those times. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, like a, a giant mural. I mean, it, in a different sense, you know, you know, because a mural is, you know painted on a wall or something like that but you always have that that photo and you know hopefully if you, you take it the way you want it to you know it's a beautiful photo and you know it, it takes you back to that time you can reminisce a little bit you know the buddies you shared it with um and, and all the excitement the emotions you know hunting fishing and you know just being in the outdoors is, is a completely emotional experience um i'm sure you experienced that with hunting um a little more so than I do, but there's, you know, there's highs and lows. There's times where it really sucks. I mean, we, we always love to do it, but there's times where it sucks and there's times where it's just through the roof incitement. 
Um, and, you know, you kind of have that awesome image to go along with all that. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I totally agree. And just capturing, like, capturing those special times, especially like, after, you know, especially if you're really creative with it. Like, last year, I got really into it. I had my camera with me after I shot my buck last rifle season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it just adds on to the, I always try to take, you know, a good, good five, ten minutes and just appreciate that animal. You know, especially you know, after you take its life, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those, you know, between it and you moments. And, you know, I, t- I took pictures and, you know, I just sat there with the animal for a while. And, you know, just, you look back at it and you look at some of those images and you're just like, yeah, this was, this was a special, special moment, you know. Mm-hmm. I had one image that when I think of that, like, really comes to my mind. Last year, I took an image when I shot my buck. It only ran about 10 yards or 20 yards after I made the shot. And when it, where it crashed and left a little blood trail in the snow. And I took an image where the snow was in focus with the blood trail. But in the background, you could see the buck mm-hmm. laying, laying laying with the rack up, kind of blurred in the background. But, like, and I, I don't know, I always seen that image as a special image to me. Yeah, I would always little mean something to me. It's like, you know, really signifies that buck. And then right on for that hunt. Yeah, I mean, that's... Like, you got my emotions just talking about that moving, and, you know, I'm sure, like you said, like, that's something you'll never forget, and, you know, you have that, you have that image to share, you know, and move other people like you just did me and your story to go along with it, because um, for those of you that don't know you like I know you, you're quite the storyteller, um, just from the few times we've hung out together and fished together, um, but yeah, so, um, you have anything else you want to add as we, uh, you know, kind of wrap this episode up? Uh, I mean, like I said, I could go on for days about photography and yeah. hunting and fishing, but I mean, just appreciate, you know, you have me on and, you know, help me out here and put, maybe, you know, get a few new followers or whatnot, and hopefully somebody can find my images and really enjoy them, and never know, maybe, you know, find a few, a few new friends or new opportunities to come, you never know. Yeah. But I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the great, great things about doing this and, you know, being a hunter or fisherman is the people that you meet, um... You know, and, and the things to learn, you know, that's why, you know, I reached out to you. I was, I was playing around with my mom's camera. Finally, I've always had it. Um, and, you know, I'm like, hey, like Jimmy's pretty good at this. If he's anything he's willing to offer up, if any, anything at all, I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll take, I'll take it and, you know, try it myself. See if I enjoy it. See if I can find the same passion as you. Because, um, you know, it adds a little extra element to the sport when you've been. Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, for sure, man, for sure. Mm-hmm. When you've been doing it. I mean, I'm not super long. I know people have done this for their lifetime, but like I've been fish, fly fishing now for a decade. Um, and you know, it, it adds a different aspect to the sport and it keeps it exciting and enjoyable. Um, not that it hasn't been, but I'm sure you know what I mean. Oh yeah. It has a, that little new flair to it and that little new challenge, the challenge of getting the, you know, catching the fish and then taking the perfect shot and a good timing. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. I'm going to hold you on the line for a second. Um, but that is going to do it for this episode um, of the Gone River Podcast. All of Jimmy's information will be in the description. Um, and that way you can reach out to him, see his photos. I really do encourage you to follow Jimmy. Um, great dude. Um, I've hung out with him a few times, fishing and whatnot. Awesome dude. Takes awesome photos. And, you know, he's one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram, Facebook. Um, so please do go over there and, and follow him. And if you're interested in a photo, please do reach out to him.